0: Hello, what's going on? My name is Rich Ryan bringing you another edition of Torque Talk featuring Lauren Longfield. So a Torque Talk is when we dive in and tease out the habits of the members that make up the team, the Obstacle Race Collaboration, AKA Torque. So these are some of the best athletes in the sport of obstacle course racing. And Lauren Longfield is no exception and she's one of the founding 15 members here at Torque and she's relatively new to endurance sports but has already made a big splash in the ultra endurance scene. Uh, Lauren has a background as a bodybuilder and didn't really start running until like 2018-2019 and since then has found her sweet spot when it comes to volume and how much she can actually handle while improving her running and her obstacle course racing. So. She talks all about how she's been able to stay healthy, stay motivated, how she manages her time, because she spends a lot of time running. She's out there 13 plus hours per week, putting in a lot of vert, doing a lot of miles. So it's a great conversation. She's super interesting and is going to be an athlete to watch for the 2021 season. I promise you that. Cool. So it's a great episode. Let's get into it. Lauren Longfield. All right, Lauren. I appreciate you joining me today. Why don't you tell people like where what you're up to? Like where are you from? Like where are you living right now?
1: So I live in Northwest Jersey, up by the Mountain Creek uh, Tri-State Venue. Um, so it's 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 a nice area. It's like the country. We have a lot of a uh, lot of nice trails, some mountains you know, some smaller mountains. So it's the nice part of Jersey.
0: <laughs> yeah. Do yeah. you always put <laughs> a disclaimer that way? Jersey is nice. Like it is really pretty. It just has like a kind of that bad rap. It, it's just right. a bummer that it borders New York. And like, right when you come into New Jersey, it's not that nice. Yeah. But New exactly. Jersey in general is really pretty.
1: It is. It's called the garden state. So it's not all city. <laughs>
0: No, hardly. Yeah. And that's one thing. I think the first time I understood that there were like any type of mountains in Jersey was during the Vernon race and how much it absolutely destroyed me. I was like, Oh, okay. there's some, there's some tough terrain here. So you actually will use snowboard and stuff there too, right? You go to mountain. Did you like grow up going there?
1: Yeah. So I grew up snowboarding, um, at Mountain Creek, like from middle school onward. So I was really familiar with the mountain and I never even knew there was races on there, Spartan races. So running up the mountain was uh, quite different than, you know, what I, what I was used to doing Snowboarding <laughs>
0: down it. Yeah. Do, um, do they have other races that are on at Mountain Creek or is it just that Spartan race?
1: So I looked into it. There used to be a race. They used to do a, uh, 12 hour race, um, uh, up and down there, but they actually moved it to a different mountain called Call in New Jersey. But um, besides that, I guess I heard they charge a lot of money to use their venue from race directors. So I don't think it's a popular um, spot because of that.
0: So. Yeah, they're probably doing that on purpose. They probably don't want to share it that much, but if Spartan wants to cough that money up, I'm sure yeah, they'll Spartan take it. Has- <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, cool. So yeah, so you've been doing – obstacle course racing not for not that long right you're just kind of just getting into things
1: yeah my first um, my first season full season was 2019 i guess kind of my only spartan season honestly right. um, so yeah don't have that many races under under my belt right now
0: how did you first get into it i mean yeah tell us a little bit about that that in, in terms of your, your background you're like if anybody follows you or, or like sees your training it seems like you put in a lot of volume you do a lot of running it seems like you spend a lot of time like working hard but you're new ish to endurance sports in general right
1: i am i um I graduated college in 2013 and I went to the gym, but I started lifting. So I ended up doing bodybuilding for five years and I competed in um, the fitness bikini competitions. I was all into the bodybuilding, Um, no cardio, you know, um, none of that, no running, anything like that. Um, And I, my gym, I had a some friends from my gym who said they wanted to go to a Spartan race. And this was in August of 2018. I didn't even know what a Spartan race was. Um, But I said, okay, you know, it was only a 5k. So I know it was short. And I basically walked. Um, I walked the whole thing with my friends. And I thought the obstacles were pretty cool. And I was able to do them, which was kind of a shock to them. Because, you know, I've never seen them before. And I thought it was pretty cool. So in September, I decided to start running and add a little bit of running into my training and uh, train for an actual race, which was the Tri-State Super mm. um, in 2018, which ended up being the one there was a Nor'easter, while there was a Nor'easter. That was the um,
0: least fun race experience I think I've ever had.
1: Yeah, I I didn't know, like, I thought I was going to die, but um, <laughs> but I was for before and I was like, I want to do it. So um you know, I did it, and the whole race was, like, the hardest thing I've ever done. Like, people were, like, there was buckets flying down the hill, I remember. It was raining sideways. It was, it was crazy. But um, when I did it, it was a pretty cool feeling, like, being able to do it. And uh, it was really challenging, and I really liked it. So after that, I decided to kind of go all in um, and start training for Spartan races to the best of my ability. Like, you know, run more and everything else. So that's
0: kind of how it started. Cool. Yeah. And I want to get into your initial experience with that like, first race and then how you kind of get competitive and how you've kind of built upon that first race in a, a relatively short amount of time. But I want to double back on the bodybuilding part. Like, how did you end up getting into that? Like, what was, and just like, what did you enjoy about that? Like, I see it from the outside and I can kind of get it, but I don't 100% get like the appeal of bodybuilding. So like, how did you get into that?
1: So I was always like the skinny girl, I guess I was always built like a runner, just never was a runner. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and I didn't like that. I kind of wanted to like be strong. I wanted to like gain muscle. So that's why I started lifting, but there's, I wanted like a goal. And um, by choosing a competition, like a, you know, fitness competition, bikini competition, it was like a goal to strive for. Um, And it's definitely hard it was definitely one of the hardest things I've done because you have to follow everything you put in your mouth has to be tracked. Um, you know, it's, it's very like scientific. Um, and it was really hard. Um, so I guess I liked it cause I liked the challenge of it, which is kind of now why I like Spartan, I guess. And now why, mm. and why I liked Spartan was I, I the challenge and I love to train, but I like to have a goal to train for. I think it like pushes you harder and everything. So, um, that's kind of why I competed in bodybuilding because I wanted to compete in something. Um, I'm just like a competitive person, like naturally. So, um, and then I just kind of lost interest in really in bodybuilding. I didn't really enjoy it anymore. So it was kind of finding a Spartan race was like the perfect timing, you know, to find something new that I that I enjoyed. So,
0: I could imagine something like that. And I always thought about this with some track and field events, some, like a jumping event or like pole vault or something, where you don't have anything. There's nothing you can do that is going to change the competition like in bodybuilding like all you can do is focus on just like what you're doing and how you are presenting yourself and the work that you've done to that point but you have no control over the competition at least in like running you can like kind of push the pace or or take a specific strategy but just in a sport like that where i would just feel so helpless what's the worst part about bodybuilding is it the food tracking
1: um it's definitely the food tracking because you have to like plan out your week what you're going to eat it takes a lot of time um you know you not that we're going out to dinner or going out to eat right now that much but like right. you couldn't go out with your friends and eat like um you couldn't just like eat what you wanted you had to track it so if you get something from a restaurant you can't track it it was just like it consumed my life and it wasn't really a passion of mine to consume like, so I wasn't enjo- I wasn't enjoying the fact that I had like no time for other things you know
0: yeah, now would be actually a good time for that, since we can't really go out and have fun. Just like really dive in and and, and get after it. I could I could only imagine. And like how, like in your final cut, do you remember how low you were getting? Like like was it really squeezing pretty uh, pretty low on the calories?
1: So it was really low for me, but I've always been kind of blessed with that high metabolism. So I was always able to eat way more than my friends who were competing could oh, eat. Nice. Um, which was like, you know, they weren't really happy about that. But so I, I was low. Um, I'm, I think, I mean, it, it was a hundred and something for carbs, which okay. um, in the hundreds, which is really, really, really low for me, um, you know, and, you know, like 30 in the fat and then like, you know, higher protein, but it was, it was low because I would say now I eat like 400 grams of carbs a day. Yeah. <laughs> <at> the- <laughs> so
0: that's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. I can I even thinking about 100 carbs, like, cause I mean, if you're like a sedentary person, like, and you don't do too much, like, I feel like a good number for carbs is probably like a gram per pound of body weight. And that's still not very much. So it'd be like for me, like 170 grams of carbs really wouldn't be that much. So I can yeah. imagine being in 100 and, and training and then trying to lose, lose that weight. I can't imagine that that would be not that fun not a fun time <laughs> yeah but I've heard stories of some people getting like crazy like yeah like I said some of your friends were probably pretty low on that um yeah because the idea is that you do want to be able to like you don't need to go lower as long as you're losing weight right you don't want yeah, it doesn't so was, need to be set super low
1: yeah I was able to hang around like you know close to 300 for a while and then Thanks. I dropped down to like Um, like it was the upper, uh, like high one hundreds, I would say closer to like 180. Um, but some people, I mean, they were almost like not eating, trying to not eat carbs at all. You know, people obviously, you know, you learn about all the health problems that, you know, come from bodybuilding people restricting too hard and like their hormones get messed up and everything. And thankfully I never had that problem. I I was never too low to have that problem, but, um, I definitely felt shitty quite often.
0: I can't imagine. So. I can't imagine. It's just like part of the deal. It's just like fogginess and like trying to like. Uh, what would? You, how many times did you go on stage? Uh,
1: like six times, I think. Oh wow! Six, yeah.
0: So you did it for a while.
1: Yeah, I did it for. I did it for a while. Um, you know, I the first like two and a half years of lifting, I didn't compete until I felt like I was ready to. And then, um, you know, and then for like three, like three years, I did like two or three shows a year so
0: yeah that's pretty good because I mean I think a lot of times people make that the goal and they do it once and they're like fuck that (laughs) I'm not doing that ever again (laughs) so that's cool you're able to kind of persevere and keep rolling with it so if you look back at that like what do you think can you take have any takeaways from like that bodybuilding experience that has allowed you to do well in obstacle course racing, or like, how do you think that's helped shape like the things, like the way you train, or like the your like mindset, or anything like that?
1: I think it helped in a couple ways. Um, I think, you know, coming in starting running, you know, with having a strength background, so like I was pretty strong. I think that helped make me stronger when I started to run. Um, you know, and obviously I continue doing strength work, so I think it's important. Um, you know, to not you know, to make your body stronger and prevent injury. Um, So I think I was stronger coming into running. Um, I think I learned a lot about nutrition while I was bodybuilding for five years. So that also, obviously being an endurance athlete, it's completely different, but I did learn a lot. Um, And I realized during my bodybuilding times that I had a lot of mental toughness and, um, you know, I could be disciplined. Um, So I think that helps with my training right now. So I think all that helps. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it takes time, right? Like bodybuilding. It's not, you don't do yeah. a 45 minute gym session, right? No. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. Like how long were those sessions when you were doing bodybuilding?
1: Um, I, you know, close to two hours, definitely in the gym, just lifting and this is no cardio, no anything. So
0: yeah. And we're just doing, we're doing straight like uh, body part splits or are you kind of doing everything every day?
1: Yeah, I would do I would do legs three times a week and then I would have two shoulder days and I would have two back and arm days. So
0: two shoulder days. That's to like cuz that will kind of create that like tapered look, right?
1: Is that yeah, the idea like,
0: by most, more shoulders?
1: Yeah, the shoulders are like the big thing for um, for the bikini division. The legs and shoulders are like the big thing so.
0: Right, cuz you want the waist to look really small. Exactly. so by building out the the like glutes and shoulders it to kind of give it a taper down look um but yeah it totally makes sense and and we've talked a little bit before about how like just the way you and we're going to talk about the volume that you're putting in now but like i i definitely love that you know how to eat <laughs> and like understand like that you have to put in a lot of of nutrients because of the work that you're doing and i think that that's something that bodybuilding is really Helpful with is it teaches you what the food actually does to your body, so being able to know like oh like even saying something like eating 400 grams of carbohydrates like that's like a lot for people to like wrap their heads around. Once you start doing it, like you you understand like it that that that's what you need, but at first it can really be hard to to kind of go into that. And when you and when you do your training, are you are you eating now on basically how you feel or like can you kind of take the signals that your body are are telling you and just kind of eat to that, or are you still kind of tracking things? What's that look like now?
1: So I make sure that I get at least one gram per pound of body weight for protein. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always make sure I get, and just from tracking for so many years, I kind of know what that looks like. So um, I kind of know that I will be getting that in a day. Uh, when it comes to carbs, um, you know, I I kind of know if I need it. I you know I make sure I eat a lot. You know, I make especially before training, after training. Um, but I just kind of know what my body needs at this point. So, um, you know, and and it comes to fat. You know, I I eat like a decent amount of fat, right? But I believe carbs definitely are what fuel me to do all these all this high volume training I do. So uh, I feel better when I'm eating a lot of carbs. So I perform better when I eat a lot of carbs.
0: So. Right. Yeah. And it's it's that simple, right? And then you can kind of push where that is. Like let me try to eat a little bit more and see how it, see how that makes me feel and see how that goes. Um, exactly. it was, was that the same? were you still doing a gram per pound of body weight at during bodybuilding or was that higher than that?
1: Um, I would go a little bit higher than that. But I know like at least, you know, because with bodybuilding, they kind of say 0.8, you know, point eight to 1.1 around there, like per pound of body weight is good. I, I was always difficult. Like it was always hard for me to grow muscle, to build muscle. Mm. Um, so I always didn't – I never wanted to go low on the protein. And especially now because – you know, I am doing strength, but I'm also doing a lot of running and I don't want to, you know, I want to preserve the muscle that I have and I want to make sure I'm, you know, having adequate amounts of protein. So, um, you know, I, I think that's a good number to stick to, you know,
0: I think so. And just based off like the studies of the show, like, yeah, like 0.8 seems to kind of be a, a solid recommendation. And I think a lot of times you could even get by with less than that, but at, with, as an endurance athlete, you're better off playing it safe, especially if you know yourself and you know that you have it, like that muscle is hard to put on now that you have it on. It's like, let's keep it. Exactly. So you mentioned just being competitive and wanting to kind of push in. This is like kind of where we are into obstacle course racing. That first race, let's call the, for your first race, like your actual second race. Like the first race I was at Vernon during yeah. the terrible time. Did you sign up for age group or what did you do? Or did you go I up did-
1: I, I, um, I was going to do open and I switched to age group the week before. Cause I was like, I might as well just try to see what, see what I can do. Um, so yeah, I switched to age group like the week before. How'd you do? Um, so I ended up getting second, um, in my age group and I didn't even know. So, I mean, it was a really difficult race. You know, the conditions were hard. I failed, you know, a couple obstacles, and I left right after the race. So I didn't even know there was an awards ceremony after. I didn't know how any of that worked. So I found out after the race that I actually did get second. So <laughs> it was,
0: cool. that's really cool. Yeah. Especially considering you were going to go open and then just decided not to. What would you, I mean, that day, it wasn't a typical day, right? Like, I failed the monkey bars right away and, and somehow didn't <laughs> fail the, the, like that gauntlet at the end. But people, yes. you know, people were missing everything. Like, people were missing the rings. People were missing the Herkhois. Herkhois was so hard. And <laughs> like, the rope climb was really hard at the end. And it was just like back to back to back to back. A bunch of stuff just like, exactly cool. horrible. <laughs> What'd you miss? You remember?
1: Yes. I, um, I remember the multi-rig, I made it to the second-to-last rope, and I slid off. Uh. And I, at that point, I didn't know how to climb a rope, um, so I didn't know about the foot technique involved, so I was only using my arms, and I didn't make it up the rope.
0: I couldn't feel my fingers trying to get up that rope. I jumped yeah. up once, hands didn't work. I was like, oh my God. Then I really had to get my like, legs wrapped to start, I think, even. I couldn't even like, jump up to grab it. Um, so that's really not – so only 60 burpees?
1: Yes, the sixty
0: burpees. I was really not bad for that day. For, like, <laughs> and the worst part about, like, yeah, I failed the monkey bars, which was the first grip obstacle. Like, you ran up the hill, and then it was the monkey bars, if you remember. It was, like, the sled pull and then monkey bars. And then I missed, and doing burpees was the worst part. I wasn't wearing gloves. I wasn't, oh. wearing, I wasn't wearing long sleeves. I was a complete idiot. I didn't know what <laughs> I thought it was, was going to happen, but I had, like, a like, cut-off shirt. I was like, nah, I'll be fine. But doing burpees, my hands were absolutely frozen. Do you remember that like part? Yeah. Like, yeah,
1: don't work, you know, then your hands don't work when they're like that. So it's, it's makes it so much harder.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So after you found out you got sick in your age group, you're like, oh, cool. Like, did you have any idea like that you were like, cause the age group competition is a little bit different, right? Like it's, you're kind of sent out and it's still, you know, guys and girls, like different ages are kind of around. So did you find yourself competing or in, in that race in particular, was it just like, I just want to survive this thing?
1: At that point, I didn't, you know, I only had, you know, a little bit of running, like, you know, like maybe two months of running under me. So I wasn't expecting to do well. I, you know, wasn't expecting to do that well at all, especially, and then when the conditions were as terrible as they were, I didn't think that I, you know, would have placed or anything. So, um, you know, looking at that, I got second. I was like, wow, I was like, that's actually, you know, not bad. Like, maybe I could be good at this, maybe. So, yeah. And the next,
0: the next year you, you ended up in age group competition for a lot of the year, but kind of bounced back and forth between that and some elite com, uh, well, ways, right
1: uh, I did. Um, so that was 2019 is my first year. So I, I didn't want to jump to elite cause I didn't, you know, I was still, still like a little bit of running under me, like not much training. So I wanted to see how I would do, um, an age group. So I did Greek peak, um, as my first 2019 race. And then in age group, I did, uh, the New Jersey ultra and age group. Uh, I did uh, New York sprint and then Palmerton age group. And after Palmerton, I decided that, um, I can, it's time for me to move up. Uh, so after that race, I just switched to elite.
0: And that makes sense too. Cause it's like the first half of the year. It's like almost perfectly the first half of the year, right? Like the first six, seven months, age group see where you're at a bunch of different courses as well and a bunch of different distances how were you doing in those races were you still were you getting the podium every time or where were you
1: yeah so i um i got first in every race except (laughs) i got in city field and Uh. um (laughs) but um i i kind of always would look at my scores or look at my time like in comparison to the elite wave too to see how i would do if i did elite so um you know, I was always told by my friends like you're you're winning everyone, just switch over. And I was like, yeah, but that's a whole different level. I want to make sure I'm ready. I want to, you know, have a couple races under me. So, um, you know, having that data kind of made me more confident to switch to elite. So,
0: how are you faring in the elites? Like with your time comparison, do you remember like where you were ending up?
1: Yes. So, my first elite race was. Um, I don't know if you know uh, West. Um, hold on. West Point. Yeah. So yeah. So Westfield, West Point was my first. Um, was my first race, uh, first elite race, and then um, Saturday, I was. I was probably never more nervous for a 5K, uh, for a 5K starting race in my life because I just kind of was. It's different when you're standing at the elite. Like it's just different, you know. Um, so I was really nervous, and I ended up getting fourth. Nice. In that, in that one. Um, which I was surprised about. And I was also close. Like I wasn't far away from the top three girls. And then I think that kind of gave me some confidence. So then Sunday I went back and competed with basically the same girls again. And I won Uh by by several minutes. (laughs) And my time on Sunday would have taken first on Saturday too. And I think, honestly, I just think it was it was just more of a confidence thing that I didn't really have as much the first day. I was still kind of nervous. And the second day I was like, you know, I can do this. I can run with them. And, um, so I performed, I performed better. And on Saturday I actually did, uh, four laps for, you know, just for fun after the, after the race, So I had like 16 miles on me on Saturday before the Sunday race and I performed better Sunday. So
0: (laughs) just wasn't enough volume for you that first day. You know, you just got, you you were just too fresh. That doesn't even, that doesn't work for you. Um, how did, how did that feel getting going onto the starting line that first time in the elite wave? I mean, you mentioned, you know, feeling super nervous. Did you feel like, like, what were you nervous about?
1: I was nervous because I felt like I didn't belong there. I Hmm. didn't, you know, I felt like I didn't have much experience racing under me and I'm racing against like the best of the sport, you know, girls that have way more experience than I do. Um, you know, there was Spartan pros there too. So I just felt like I just, you know, I was kind of just nervous to be around them. So, uh, I just kind of felt inadequate and like, you know, so, uh, you know, even though the data showed that I did well in age group, it's still different when you're, when you're at the elite start line. So, um, and then I, per- you know, after that, after the, after that race, I kind of got more confidence and then I did the Dallas ultra, mm. um, which was great. It was, it was great race. And I got third in that, which I definitely was shocked by that. And then, uh, the North Carolina ultra, which you were there for, I was and, there?
0: And- <laughs> That was the second worst race experience. The first was probably that Spartan Super, your first race. But the North Carolina race was second, certainly.
1: Yeah, it was hell. Uh, It was (laughs) much hell, but I kind of liked it. And And you won. I did, I won, but I kind of felt like, I kind of feel like I do better when it's like that, when those conditions are like terrible, it's kind of st- when I seem to do better. So even though it was definitely hard, it was just kind of, it was a good race for me because I like pushing through that like, you know, borderline hyperthermia falling on my face. Like I like that like crazy condition, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and um, yeah, is it a matter of like, why do you like that? Like, beca- like is it, yeah, just tell me why you feel like you do better when it's terrible.
1: <laughs> I think my, you know, I, I think my strong point is my mental toughness and like my mental strength to get through things. And I kind of like to see like what I'm capable of when things get really difficult. Um, and I like to see what I'm capable of even like just in general, physically. And I th- think that's why I kind of um, gravitated towards the ultra stuff because I just want to see what I can do. Um, so I think that's why it like, it tests my mental fortitude and, and I like that. So,
0: and yeah, so when it gets worse and there's more mental things to consider like the weather or the terrain and it just gets, it's just yeah. more fuel for that fire. It's like, good, bring it on. Um, exactly. and then going into the ultra, cause that sounds like something that has always been present in you. It's like, okay, like I want to see what I'm capable of. Like, let's push this up. Let's see where this what, what I can do with a longer distance there. And then you found some immediate success in that. And how has that kind of shaped the way that you train?
1: So, um, when I started 2019, my, I wanted to do the the tri-state ultra because that was supposedly the hardest Spartan, you know, it's, it's the 30 mile Spartan. So I was like, if I want to do that, I need to, I need to run more. I need to like, you know, have long runs. And and I didn't really know much about running, honestly. So I just kind of, you know, looked at some training plans online, kind of developed my own kind of training plan. Um, And I learned a lot in 2019. Like, definitely learned a lot about training. I learned a lot about, you know, what I'm capable of. Um, But because I like the ultra stuff, it's, it was high volume, always, you know, high volume, but I was starting, you know, from a really from a point of no experience. So I kind of had to build up on that. So I kind of built up, um, in 2019, I, you know, did a 50 K before the New Jersey ultra to get ready for it. Um, and then in the summer I did a 50 miler and then in the fall I did a hundred K. So I was just trying to progress like with the distances, like longer and longer, um, you know, and kind of build up from that. So in addition to racing Spartan races, I also tried to just like Run normal ultras and just kind of progress my mileage and my long runs and you know through the year.
0: Hmm. So you just looked at it and you're like, All right, I gotta run more, like, like, yeah, like volume is where I might be lacking this, and if I want to do well at longer races. I'm going to have to, to run more. And how much were you running when you kind of started that realization, when you had that realization, do you remember like what your like hours or miles were like when you were first kind of figuring it out?
1: Yeah. So I do, when I first started, you know, I started with a long run of 10 miles and kind of just gradually would add a couple miles to that, to that long run each week. Um, and you know, I was running flat, you know, mostly just flat. Uh, I wasn't really taking time on feet in consideration. It, mm-hmm. And a lot of it was treadmill flat. You know, I didn't I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, you know, I wasn't training for the terrain. You know, I was just kind of... But I did a lot of races. So a lot of the races gave me experience. You know, I was, I was almost like using races for other races. Mm-hmm. I, I did a lot. Um, so, you know, I learned later on, you know, in 2019 that you know, a lot of times for ultras doing back-to-back long runs is, is a good, you know, good, te- good training, um, you know, technique. And I, I do that all the time now. I think that's really good. Um, so I just kind of learned along the way that like, but I also felt I didn't have a running background. So I felt like, you know, I was racing against people that had years of running under them and I didn't have that aerobic base. So I was trying to build that aerobic base and I feel like I'm still trying to build that aerobic base. Um, so you know, just, just kind of trying to like do as much as I can in a short amount of time. And I feel like I did a lot in in a short amount of time, you know, starting from zero.
0: And so. how, how hard 2020 was for a lot of us in terms of training, obviously and racing, you came away with an awesome year. I felt like you just were able to put in so much work and it seems like you've made leaps and bounds just based on the performances, that, the limited performances that we were able to have. So what, 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 where are you now? Like, so what do you like in terms of your miles and like, because I know you do, you look at miles, time on feet, and elevation. What, which, what are these metrics do you follow the most? And which ones do you, and like, kind of where the, what are those numbers looking like?
1: So I do a lot of, um, you know, I do, I track my elevation and I do a lot of that. So it's, it's not so much mileage, it's more so time on feet when you're, you know, when you're talking about that. So I try to run around like 12 hours a week, Um, you know, and sometimes it's a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less. Um, This past week was 14 hours. I, you know, it depends, you know, but around 12 hours, uh, 11, 12 hours would be a good, uh, a good spot to be. I like to, you know, anywhere from like 18,000 to 20,000 feet of vert Mm -hmm. uh, per week. And the mileage will range from 65 to 75 for the
0: most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just depending on how much, I mean, the more vert you get, probably less miles you're going to get. on. Exactly. That. And so it took, and you've kind of worked into that area and you've kind of been able to manage that. So as you as you started to build your aerobic base and kind of put time on feet, how was it when it came to like recovery and just like the kind of beat up beat, like the beat down your body can handle on that? Because the amount of work you put in people aren't necessarily even willing to do this so like when they get here it's like okay how sustainable it is is it and like how long should people kind of stay in that realm but you're able to consistently do this amount of work like and and perform relatively well all things considered for what for what we know i mean without too many races but like the performances on like during your training are are really strong and doesn't seem to kind of waver much and you've been healthy so like what has that process been like in, in terms of like building up like what was the hardest part of building the volume to this point
1: so you know people see what i do now but they don't realize like i did build up gradually like i did you know i was doing 50 mile weeks and i was doing 60 mile weeks and 70 mile weeks and when i was building that during the you know during when we first shut down in march um i had i was working remotely for a couple months so i had a little bit more time on my hands which you know isn't always the best but i um uh, <laughs> I was able to put in a couple like hundred mile weeks just to see what would happen um, to see how my body would handle it. And it handled it well, not that I need to do that. I don't need to do that. Um, and I don't the really same have vert
0: to, with getting 18 and 20 K or more
1: with getting around that, around that same vert um, basically, yeah, basically around the same vert. Um, but, I, you know, I don't need to run hundred miles a week. Uh, I don't think that that might not be sustainable for me. I just kind of wanted to see if I could do it and be healthy. And I was, and I was running a lot of 90 mile weeks. Um, and I felt good. So, you know, like I, the gyms were closed, so I wasn't doing as much strength work either mm-hmm. I was still doing strength work, but you know, not as much. I didn't have access to everything that I usually do have access to. So, um, you know, I think my body adapted well. And I think, I think everybody's body will adapt to what, you know, you push it through. Like if, you know, I'm like, I wouldn't rush. I wouldn't go from running 40 miles a week to running, you know, 80. I think then you'll, you'll feel like a truck hit you and, um, you know, you could hurt yourself, but if you slowly build up and let your body adapt, you know, to the mileage and sure, not everybody's going to be high mileage, you know, you might have problems, but if you build slowly, you can see what your body can handle. And, um, you know, and, It helps if you're going to run an ultra that you're doing higher mileage, in my opinion, because after I run, I mean, I did a 30 mile um, long run a couple weeks ago with 10K Avert and I was basically fine the next day. Like I was a little sore, um, you know, a little fatigued. My legs were a little tired, but I still went out and ran 15 miles the next day. So my body kind of like adapted to that, you know, it's not Mm going to feel trash. But in the beginning, when I would run a 50k, I feel like, you know, I got hit by a bus and I would, you know, not be able to run the next day. So I think over time, your body will adapt as long as you're consistent, um, you know, and slowly build.
0: And that's an important lesson. It's it's an important thing to keep in mind, especially like right now as people might start to come back into season, or who are maybe taking some downtime or coming back into it. But I feel the same way with miles or like strength training, even like people don't want to put in strength training time because they're really sore. It's like, Hey, you're really sore at first, but then like it kind of stop being sore. So you got to have to put that in and just be smart about it and building it up. So what do you, and, and do you, do you attribute your ability to handle this and, help in a healthy way like what do you attribute that to is it just been the patience to build things up in the consistency or or do you think about that sometimes like how how are you able to do so much work
1: so i i'm very really, i'm very consistent with the strength work too um so i think doing strength work i think helps a lot because you know lifting weights will make you know, your, your joints stronger your ligaments your tendons everything stronger um so i think that helps me you know from you know to not, get injured as easily. I also make sure that I'm fueling correctly and I'm eating enough because I know that's also really important. So I make sure I eat plenty. Um, you know, and, and maybe like, I'm definitely not genetically a gifted runner. Um, you know, in high school, I was one of the slowest runners in like the mile in gym class. Uh, you know, it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> not even on the track in actual gym class. What was your mile yeah. time in high school? Do you remember?
1: Yeah, I think I ran like eight, eight minutes, 8.30 okay. um, in the class. So, um, so that's why people say, you know, like I'm slow. I'm like, well, I was slow too. And I- I'm still slow, I guess. And, you know, and depending on who you're talking to, but you can change, you can improve like a lot. Like I've improved, like I knew, I never thought that I could run as fast as I am now, like, you know, a couple years ago. So uh, if you work hard, like you can, if you're consistent, you can. So, um you know, I think maybe genetically I'm, My body is a little bit tough. Maybe it can, it's more resilient, but I don't know. I mean, I don't eat meat or fish, so Mm. I'm a vegetarian. I, I do supplement, you know, accordingly, you know, with, with things that I am missing. So maybe people don't think I'm as healthy, but I've, you know, I've been really healthy through all this and my body can handle this, all the training that I do. So I guess I'm, I must be doing something right.
0: Yeah yeah and that you're just able to continue to do it and you and you've worked your worked yourself to this point point. and i think it's just, to me i would imagine the consistency over time and just like putting in the work every single day and doing the things that like i said people might not be willing to do i think that's a huge part of like the the success you've seen in terms of building up this training volume that people would love to do but just like don't do um how do you manage your time
1: um i wake up very early so i do I work nine to five, and I work in an office. So between like eight thirty and five thirty, I'm you know I'm in the car or I'm in an office. So I usually wake up around three forty-five during the week, three forty-five or you know, so I can train for like two hours um, before work. So that's usually what I do, and then on the weekends, um, you know. Sometimes I have stuff going on. Everybody has stuff going on. So sometimes I do have to wake up. But this, this weekend, I had to wake up at 4 both days to run, to do my long runs. Um, but I usually get up pretty early anyway on the weekends to get my long run in because um, I like to do a 20-miler and then do something like around 15 miles, too. So, like, two long runs are usually what I do on the weekends. Um, so I just kind of – I wake up early. I sometimes don't get enough sleep, you know, what you're supposed to get. So, um, you know, I don't always get – you're supposed to get i don't always do all of the stretching and the foam rolling and all of that fancy stuff as much as i should do because i might not have the time to but um i you know i'd rather put that time into training mm-hmm. so i i do stretch i do warm up just just not as much as you know a lot of these professional athletes are doing so um yeah, and that's
0: uh, but like you're just like anybody else <laughs> you know it's yeah. like you have a limited amount of time and you just take what you got and just do wake up crazy early are you are you able to get to bed early enough
1: yeah I try to get to bed by you know like 9 nine thirty. yeah uh, you know so, which is which is quite early compared to a lot of people um you know and I always I take one rest day a week. So like one day of not running uh, on Mondays because I usually try to destroy myself over the weekend. And then Mondays is a good day to like, just let my body actually rest, uh, not no easy run, just completely rest and then continue going. So,
0: yeah. And that could yeah. be another reason why you the sustainability of this, like giving yourself that, that rest day where a lot of people just kind of gloss over that and, and for the sake of volume or for the sake of doing more. Um, cause it's easy, it's easy to add Like the, That'd be the place where you can add more, but like making that a sacred day and yeah. resting has to help.
1: Um,
0: yeah. so when you're out on that course, say like 2020 happened or in 2021, when you're on the starting line and other people are other athletes are around you, like, what is something you think you do better than anybody else? Hmm.
1: I, you know, I think, I I don't necessarily think that I'm the fastest runner, but I feel like I'm strong runner. Um, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm strong, you know, when you're looking at like an OCR course or you're looking at like an, you know, a race like that, like, it's not always about who's the fastest. It's more about who's, you know, can be a strong runner. So I feel like I have that. Um, I feel like I'm pretty strong and resilient. And then I also feel like I have the mental game too. Like I might, you know, I never say that I'm like the fastest or strongest or whatever, but I do think that I have maybe a mental game that is above um, the normal person.
0: Yeah. And I mean, there are just like these intangible parts of OCR that that lead to success that just could be the mental part, could just be the resilience and being able to just get knocked around and keep going. It's just hard to tell like what's going to make somebody good. So having that in the back of your head, like, I'm mentally stronger than anybody else has to be an advantage. Um, what is something you need to work on to like really take it to the next level?
1: Um, I think I need to, I think I need to work on, um, like speed work, um, getting faster. I, you know, when I started running, I I never implemented any speed work at all. Um, so I just started doing some speed work like about two months ago now. So, um, I, and I've been running faster than I've ever ran. So I, I, I definitely see the need for that. Um, and you can really, you can really improve upon your time when you're actually working on speed. So I think that's like a really important part of training that I just never did. I just kind of was in the ultra mindset of just, you know, get the miles done. Like, um, so now that I'm doing speed work, I think that will help me be faster and feel faster. So
0: Mm. yeah that's the thing like feeling faster and like knowing that no one has an advantage over you in that realm it's like it's like if you don't think you're the fastest like well try to get faster and then see how those results play out so yeah i'm pumped that you've been doing that track tuesday's not so bright and early super early not bright when you're out there Um, and working on pacing how's that been coming along the pacing part
1: it's coming along a lot better um so pacing is just hard for me because i'm used to running on technical stuff you know mountains it's you're not really knowing like what your pace is. I'm not really running on flat roads ever. So I'm not, you know, I never really know how fast I'm going, but now that I'm doing these track workouts, I'm learning pacing and, you know, I'm kind of able to settle into a pace, which I think is helpful. Um, You know, and knowing that I can hit this pace and I can just, you know, stay there and run at this pace. um, I thought that was always like a really big, um, you know, a big problem of mine. Like I just didn't, you know i i always felt like i was really slow compared to a lot of if you see some of these girls you know times um uh, you know how fast they are and i always felt like i was really slow so i just had a disadvantage but now like if you work on it you can get faster and um so i think think trying to work on your weaknesses is definitely something that will make you more confident which will make you a better racer in my opinion
0: and it's not always that easy right like it's a, it's an easy no. concept to grasp right like it's like oh yeah, yeah i'll just do the things that i suck at but like doing the things you suck at it's less fun. So like how did you get over like that? Like just cuz I'm sure you could instead of going to the track early Tuesday you could just go to the trails or treadmill and just run for yeah. 12 miles and feel great about it. But like was it hard to like switch up the routine and do something that you know wasn't going to be as fun?
1: You know, it was kind of difficult. It was something that I never really thought about wanting to do. It never really caught my interest going to a track. Um, but I kind of wanted to get faster. I wanted to run fast. So that kind of, you know, made me interested in doing track workouts. And then now, like, I don't really enjoy it, but it's a challenge. So I enjoy it, enjoy the challenge of it, you know, so I don't, I kind of look forward to it because I'm like, okay, this is going to suck, but it's like a good kind of suck. And it's, you know, good things are going to come from it. So it's like a different challenge. And I like being challenged in, in different ways. So I kind of look at it that way.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a good way to kind of spin it. Cause then it, it just all falls back into the same kind of mindset that you had with all of this. It's like, okay, let's see what I'm capable of. It's like, all right, let's see what I'm capable of running in circles on a track. It's still a <laughs> challenge. It's not, maybe not yeah. th- that cool, that fun. Um, exactly. so what do you, what is your goal with obstacle course racing?
1: So my goal since you know, since 2019, since my first season was to get on the pro team. I guess that's kind of a goal that everybody has, right. As like a horse racer in Spartan because Spartan, you know, has their pro team. Um, but you know, I also, I also want to race against, you know, the best in our sport, like, you know, cause I, I I've only done a few elite races. So, you know, I, my goal is to perform well, um, you know, in these bigger races against, you know, the top women in our sport, uh, you know, whether it's the mountain series or, you know, whatever else I just, you know, want to kind of be the best that I could, you know, be and see, see what happens, you know, uh, going against the best. So,
0: yeah, I mean, there's, you're putting all this training, so you want to see what, how that kind of stacks up. And do you think about why that is, or like you mentioned being competitive, just always being a competitive person, like, you know, that's why leading the bodybuilding leading into this, why, why is it important to, for you to like, see how you're stacking up? Like, what is it about competition that like drives you?
1: I think, well, the competition definitely makes me want harder in training um, and, you know, make me perform. I guess like, you know, this isn't like, this isn't my job, you know, like I don't I know this is like a hobby. I'm like a normal nine to five working person. This is like a hobby of mine, but like, I feel like I can, I feel like this sport was like made for me. Um, I kind of felt that way when I first got into it because you know, I'm, I'm a decent runner, but I'm strong and the obstacles always came easy to me. So I feel like I can do um, I can do good things in this sport and I feel like I can, I can perform well. So I, I'm just kind of curious to see like how well uh, I can do, so, and I'm willing to put in the work and the time that I'm able to do to see if those results play out the way I think they might. So
0: what do you think for this year? what are you gonna do?
1: Um, so I don't know like what the year is gonna look like now it's the it's a little you know, you know, I really don't know, but i I want to um, I do I love the Spartan ultras. I hundred percent love them, and I do. I, I want my a race to be the 24 hour, um, Spartan, you know, world championship. That's like what I want. Uh, but I also want to try to be competitive, um, maybe in the mountain series. Mm. So that's something else that I'm looking at.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great, I mean the 24 hour race, definitely. I would love to see how you compete in something like that. And, um, are you playing like, what about the world's toughest or, or the tougher mutter, toughest mutters things? Have those like piqued your interest at all? Cause they have those 12 hour races.
1: Yeah. So I did, um, I did my first Tough Mudder in 2019. I did the Philly Toughest. Oh, nice. Hour. How was that? So that was, it was cool. Um, it's, it's very different than Spartan um, in a way like, you know, you're you're constantly wet the whole time. So you're kind of like, you know, okay, I'm going to wear this wetsuit and then, okay, maybe I'm going to take this wetsuit off. I'm going to put this wetsuit top on. Uh, I. It was really like, it was definitely a different type of experience. And the obstacles were more uh, more fun, I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, than grip intensive. Um, you know, there, there weren't heavy carries. Um, there were no sled drags. There was like two, um, you know, rig type obstacles, like a monkey bars and a rig. Um, mm-hmm. I, so I prefer Spartans, you know, obstacles more. So I liked it. I definitely liked it. But uh, I think Spartan, I prefer Spartan over Tough Mud- over Butter.
0: It's so weird in Tough Mudder, like you are like, I agree. Like funky monkey is super fun. It's like the best obstacle ever. And like, uh, yeah. What are the other ones? They're like, not super hard, but they're really fun. But like, you're just a lot of the obstacles. They just like dig holes in the ground and fill them with water. And they just call it a different name. Like this is quagmire. It's like, Oh, what's that? It's like, Oh, this is quagmire with now a net over top. You just like are in water pits the entire time.
1: (laughs) That's what it is. You're in the mud crawling through water, underwater. What, you know, something
0: like that the whole time so yeah yeah so the 24-hour race and then just seeing how you stack so you're going to travel a little bit if we can d- depending yes yeah because i'd love to see let's see how you stack up in those type of races because um, obviously the way that you train like you, we would think that the longer races would suit you better just based on the amount of volume that you're able to handle and, and do every single day every single week but i'd love to see how you do like a super do a palmerton or something like that
1: yeah, and I did, you know, this summer, I did a couple, you know, FKTs that were shorter, too, so, um, and that was kind of my first taste at, like, speed work, was doing an FKT, and, um, you know, it. and I think doing my volume and doing a lot of climbing has made me faster naturally, but um, I just kind of wanted to take it to, like, the next level and actually incorporate, like, real speed work, but I liked the shorter, all-out, hard stuff, you know, yes. which I What i would like so i kind of want to also you know play around with that too and you know for spartan races and for you know mountain races that are you know non-ultra mountain races there's like the vertical k Mm. um you know different types of different types of races like that so i i kind of want to do both now
0: good yeah not shying away from some sometimes you see those ultra athletes are like i would never run a 5k (laughs) it's like well you should try um and like like i can mention before like like the season quote-unquote wasn't great for many people but for you i feel like you did have a good season like you knocked out a bunch of fkts right like tell us a little bit about your 2020 like the some of the things that you were able to accomplish even without any any obstacle course races
1: yeah so i once the races all stopped i i you know heard about the fkts and you know i'm i'm a two-hour drive from the catskills in new york and i'm four-hour drive from the adirondacks and they both have lots of mountains um once everything shut down, I spent more time running in the mountains and I kind of developed like a love for that. And, um, now kind of want to specialize in that. So I went after a couple mountain FKTs, uh, locally and, um, in New York. So I did like five or six. Um, so that was, that was great. And then I did a, um, it was an invitational 24 hour event at Joe's farm, which was up and down a mountain for 24 hours. It was about two miles with a thousand feet of gain, um, for 24 hours. Uh, I actually won that one and that was, that was my first 24 hour race. And, uh, I thought it would be a good, you know, prep for doing the 24 hour ultra worlds. If that was going to happen, I think it's good to, you know, get experience with that. So that was really cool.
0: What were the total st- stats? Like what were your metrics on that? 24. It was something crazy, right? Like, what what, what did it yeah. end up being?
1: It was 73 miles and 31,000 feet of elevation.
0: Nice. How'd you bounce back from that?
1: You know, really pretty well. I thought I was going to be out, like out for a week. Um, but the next day I was sore, you know, I was sore for the next couple of days, but I was running that it, the, the race was Saturday to Sunday and I was running again on Wednesday, slow. You know, he's, <laughs> yeah, slow. He's, yeah, slow, but, um, yeah, I turned around, uh, pretty quickly with that. And yeah, so somehow, um, I bounced back and I feel like that kind of, even though I've never done anything, you know, that far or that long before, I think just with my training volume that my body has adapted to doing a lot. So that's why I was able to bounce back the way I did.
0: 100%. And can you talk about Spartan games? Yes. Are you, like allowed?
1: Yes, I, I can basically, yeah.
0: Okay, because we can always edit this stuff. But you were at the Spartan Games, right?
1: Yes, I was at the Spartan Games. <laughs>
0: yeah, um, and that and that seemed like a really cool experience to have for 2020, right? Like, do uh, you think you're gonna be on camera at all?
1: So uh, I was invited late. I was invited a week before the event. Um, they wanted to, or Joe wanted to invite me. Um, to compete alongside, you know, these 24 athletes to see how I would do um, against, you know, all the pros, all the best of the best. Um, You know, he knows my name because of how I did at the 24 hour race at his farm. Um, So I met him there. He knows of me there. Um, Some people were kind of in his ear, I guess, too, about me um, saying good things. So I guess he wanted to see how I would do and there was also a man who was supposed to come too, um, but he never actually showed up. So it was just me as the 13th um, female. So mm-hmm. I competed in the events, but my points did not count. Um, my rankings did not count. So um, my, like, I didn't pull points away from anyone or anything. But I was able to compete in everything, and it was it was a great it was like a great experience to be able to do that and to do all these events and I did things for the first time that I've never done before um and you know met all these amazing people and got to compete against the best so um yeah it was it was great it was amazing I
0: mean being there and being able to compete because that was a big thing that you know we talked about on this like seeing how you're stacking up and just being able to compete against everybody uh but how are you feeling about it now after the fact are you like happy that you went or is like because it seems like it's weird how it went down but but like the experience that you got it was amazing
1: yeah it was weird how it went down and i was told that i probably would not be in the storyline of the show because the storyline was 12 you know 12 female 12 men who were invited you know to be the see who the best athlete in the world was um so because my You know, I wasn't part of that competition where my points weren't part of the competition that I was probably not going to be seen. um, That I was not going to be, you know, in that storyline wouldn't be involved. Um, They did film. I was introduced the first night by Joe um, to all the athletes as being, you know, the 13th female who was going to compete with them, blah, blah, blah. So that was all like, they weren't, they didn't know about me. So it was very, it was shocking to them.
0: It It didn't go over well with them, right? There was some drama behind that, right?
1: Yeah. So, you know, it depends what you listen to, you know, unfortunately it's not aired, but, um, I would say most, most of the athletes were really, really, really nice. And they were very much like, you know, we don't care that you're here. Like they actually felt bad for me. Cause I was kind of like put up in front of the room and Joe was kind of talking. Um, and you know, they were just kind of like, you know, there was a couple that were like, well, you know, what's going on with this? Like why is she, you know, is she here, but, um, most of them were like just come and sit down with us <laughs> like it's fine like so and after that like they were all really nice to me they were really like you know they were great like there was no drama like from my like w- between me and the athletes there was no drama at all they were all really nice so
0: good you hope to hear that and i like it's going to be interesting to see like how you're not going to be on screen in the next coming episodes but we don't want to have any spoilers so i know you have a hard stop I'm gonna let you go we'll have to bring you back of course we'll have you back on more so we can talk a little bit further about this because um we're gonna just keep an eye on your training and seeing how everything goes you're gonna get so fast you get so strong in the mountains it's gonna be awesome so I'm excited for uh, that you're on board with Torek I think you're gonna have an awesome season like 2021 amazing I think 2021 is gonna be really really strong for you as if we just gotta get out there
1: now <laughs> exactly exactly can't um, wait
0: so i'll link to your socials and all that on uh, the show notes um because i know you got to run but i appreciate you popping on
1: of course thanks rich all
0: right talk to you soon